welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Now, Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple, common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to solve this problem, we are issuing a challenge. Each week, you sit down and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm, 100%. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. production. I'm a New Yorker now. Hey. hey I'm recording a podcast here. Nice. Have you, have you gotten your first bagel yet? My first what? Your first bagel. Oh, bagel, yes. Bagel well, with, with locks, ho- hopefully. Well, I actually, so the in, in summer I visited, right, to do like job interviews and stuff. And mm-hmm. I did get a bagel. I got a bagel with cream cheese. Nice. And it was like, the ma- I didn't know that you could legally do this, but the mm. amount of cream cheese they gave me was as big as either of the, the top or bottom slices. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was like an inch all around of cream cheese which which i love that i i love how they literally use the entire package of yeah. philadelphia cream cheese i didn't <laughs> i didn't know that you could do that i thought mm-hmm. i mean i've never every single time that i've put cream cheese on my bagels it's just like you know a little spread like you put butter on toast yeah instead it's like they put like a chunk of butter on toast yeah and it's crazy because um, you definitely taste more cream cheese than you do bagel in those bagels yeah yeah um so that was that was interesting but um yeah no i i have a place now it's actually a pretty cool apartment nice. um and i'm in Greenpoint, brooklyn i'm actually really far from the subway which kind of sucks actually like it's a whole like almost 20 minute walk to get the what? closest metro oh, station no. yeah but apparently there's a bus that that is pretty um common i haven't rode it yet because i didn't have a metro card that had money on it and mm-hmm. you can't yeah i didn't want to get on the bus and be like hey can can i just put give you these monies and you take me somewhere no nah. so <laughs> um but apparently it works just fine and the bus stops right outside my my house so okay so that's um, not too bad but you're you're getting the the hang of the of the northerner life a little bit a little bit i did totally get fucked when I tried to switch trains yesterday, mm. um, and I arrived like 30 minutes late to a date, so uh, there's that. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's okay. It, and honestly, I completely blame Google and not the city because it told me to get off a stop early for some reason. Like, really? I got a notification oh. on my phone that said, Get off now. <laughs> and I was like, Is this, <laughs> this right? I don't know, I don't have much time. I guess I gotta go. And then and it then, told you to walk as soon as you got off. No, well, that's the thing is that uh, it does this thing where where when you ask for public transportation directions, which us in Texas we never ever use that setting. Yeah, um, of course. It it will just like list out the directions, right? So it's like get on, you know, walk here, get on this train, wait for six stops, whatever. But it doesn't like track you along the journey, right? So when I get off the station, it just tells me walk to this location, except like it doesn't like show me where i am really or oh, really like, okay yeah it, i mean it did but like it didn't like track me you know like i have to zoom in and find the dot that is me and try to figure out i don't know it was just That's really so confusing. weird and, and, and yeah. you were using google maps yeah google maps like solid really? google maps usually it's fine because yeah but... normally they they have like a start uh, navigation uh, option where it will like 
follow you through GPS, but that's weird. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, I finally got my bed uh, today, my first piece of furniture in my room. So I'm, I'm no longer sleeping in the living room. I actually have feel like I live in, like I have a room, <laughs> which is a pretty significant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one big thing is that, you know, I, I, I want to be thrifty, right, with furniture, right? I want to just, because there's a lot of ways to get free furniture, right? Yeah. You, you can, can pick it keep up track. off the street. Yeah, off of curbs. There's like exchanges. There's obviously tons of Craigslist stuff and other apps that do that, Facebook Marketplace. But the issue is I don't have a car, right? Uh, so anything that's not like a rug or a small mirror, like I can't just go and get it, you know? Yeah. Um, you would have to have it delivered somehow. Yeah, yeah. Or my roommate can help me, but I don't want to ask my roommate to, you know, get whatever random shit that I just saw. That's yeah. like not even that good, you know? Especially since this but. is a new person that you don't know? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. He's cool, though. He's cool. Um. Yeah, we actually, the second day that I was out here, we drove 45 minutes to pick up a seven-foot-tall mirror, um, and it was, like, it's, like, a good, like, four, five feet wide, too. Like, it's giant. It's huge. Wow. Okay, four feet wide, not five feet. Um, that's, that's a huge mirror. It, yeah, it did not fit in this car, either. Um, we did our best. We were cramped up to the very front of our mm-hmm. seats that were possible. My seat was leaning forward. So I was sort of like in a ball position. <laughs> and uh, he also was doing the same thing, except he was driving. And behind us, we had a this massive mirror mm-hmm. uh, with the back end of it sticking out of the car a little bit. And nice. the trunk, you know, being tied down mm-hmm. as we drive through fucking, through fucking New York. <laughs> so um, a bit chaotic. Um, a bit cha- but that, much, sounds, that sounds fun, though. Yeah, yeah it was. I mean, it's, it's, it's what you... Uh, I guess what you expect out of day two, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, about the driving. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm a pretty safe driver in, sure. in Texas, right? I'm an excellent driver in Texas. I'm very, like, cautious. Everything's super smooth. Uh, you know, I never have to hit hard on the brakes. There's never, like, any close calls, really. Um, huh? And, but here, but here, I feel like if I became a good driver here, it would be like losing my innocence. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like... I would have, have like very, uh, aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. yeah, you have to just like just be like fuck you. I'm getting in this lane right this second. You have to hit the brakes so that you don't hit me. Fuck off. That's like, awful. <laughs> yeah, but like constantly. So uh, yeah, no, I feel like it would be the worst kind of corruption for me to learn how to drive here. So that's why I'm not yeah. bringing my car to New York. Well, then also that would that that would bleed over into your personal life. You know, you'll just become uh-huh. more aggressive and angry person yeah what if new york changes me travis wow yeah maybe maybe the like uh next time i see you i i won't even recognize you hell yeah you you might even come uh, come back black (laughs) okay maybe who knows i maybe i'll be out getting a lot more sun jarvis who knows Yeah, and um, then you and then you get those 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 uh, latent black black jeans. They suddenly activate. Right, right. Once I'm in the 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 habitat of New York, yeah, just yep, yep. An urban <laughs> environment, I guess. I don't know. Soak it <laughs> I don't in. Like this. Soak it in through 
through your pores. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm done with this. I yeah, I don't like but it. <laughs> I I will say that that is good that you are making that that move that you're up mm-hmm. there having a grando uh, grand a grandiose time. Yeah, um, it would be great if I was also like employed, but you know, yes, you take what you can get. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but you know, you'll you'll definitely find something. Um, I mean, granted, the the job market now isn't the best but it is better than it has been in previous years mm-hmm. um well so- it's like that's true but also like i did apply to like 200 places and got like four callbacks you know yes, yes. um and i and i had a good resume too i don't know it's just frustrating mm-hmm. i haven't really gotten back into it yet which is probably bad of me but yeah especially since you have rent <laughs> yes yes i do have rent mm. so but yeah, um, no, that but is. Yeah. But still, it, it is it is good that you're stepping out. You're you're on your own two feet, and you seem to be making your way. Just uh, you know, next step is getting a job and mm-hmm. losing all of your free time. Yes, and th- but the thing is, I'm going back home for the holidays for like almost a month, actually. Oh, um, which is a little bit. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I don't necessarily like. It's not so much that I want to stay here right now, although it is because I want to, you know, be my new place and stuff and start filling it out. But like, I don't have that much here, and all my friends are back home right now for the holidays too. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I also just kind of don't want to go home. You know, I don't want to be my my parents' house specifically. Yeah. So that's that's currently my my little dilemma. Dilemma. Which um, I mean, hey, that that makes perfect sense because you have been spending a lot of time at your parents' place and yeah, like a and like you, a year. Yeah, and you explicitly moved to New York to not only be on your own but to not live in your parents' place. So to come back and, and do it again, I can see how that's grinding on you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm flipping back and forth on on when to do it. So. Mm-hmm. That's why you you should honestly if you could probably just wait till the day before Christmas. Okay, say, okay I don't. Down then. I don't know if I can actually wait till the day before, but um, yeah, fairly, fairly. I mean, flights are are, are tough, and I, I fly um fly a standby. I mean, I'm only one person, so it's not like yeah, it's very likely. Like any any flight that has one available seat, I will get on. Um. Mm-hmm. But I also don't necessarily want to be in a packed plane. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, anyway, that's that's my current stuff. Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on a note from me, I'm, I'm also mm-hmm. doing good. Not making the same moves that you are, but I just finished um, my second to last semester of college. Oh, my goodness. God. Yeah. And it, it went pretty well. My finals were extremely difficult. Just finished yeah. one yesterday. Um, but it's over. And hopefully this next semester will be pretty easy on uh, on me. Um, on so good old for, Jarvis. Yep. Yeah, good old good old Jarvis. So for the time being, I'm pretty much just going to be chilling out. Getting as much sleep as possible. Because starting, I think, the 6th of next month, I'm getting back, back to it. I, I also need to make sure that, you know, I have financial aid because mm-hmm. money is always tough right right yeah mm-hmm. um what classes do you have next semester the um final next, semester yeah so next semester i think i'm taking rhetoric advanced poetry um advanced prose oh, wow. um and then another english class so you know what 
who you have for your rhetoric course? No, I don't. Okay, well, you should check because I'm pretty sure there's only three rhetoric professors mm-hmm. at UNT. Who should I have? Um, no, I, I, the two that I took, I love them. And the third, I, I only joined like the semester I left. So, yeah. Um, no, but they're great. Malinowski and, oh gosh, no, I don't remember her name. Ah, oh, I feel terrible. But she's wonderful too, the other one. It, it's mm-hmm. interesting. They, they have their own uh, special focuses. Malinowski's is, is specifically feminist rhetorics of all sorts. I, I think actually the like introductory rhetoric course I had with her was feminist rhetorics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, she has more of a focus on like digital media and like just what textual conversation and and communities are like uh currently Mm. and how they are constructed and all sorts of things like that it was really fascinating actually um so two very very cool perspectives from these professors okay so so it seems that with this rhetoric class it's more so depending on how the professor's pedagogy sort of meters out versus like the class itself yeah well it's like it's like a lot of other um courses where it's like they have a thing they're teaching but there's so many different ways to teach it you know mm-hmm. um like what where do you pull your examples from like yes they could just pull like the standard like classic examples but like you yeah, don't have to do no that. one wants that yeah 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 it's boring um because like with the feminist rhetorics course we did study like um you know fucking was it plato or Fucking the other guy with the starts with an S. So Socrates. Yeah, Socrates. Socrates is all about rhetoric. Socrates. Socrates and all his stuff about uh, persuasion and other like really old um, perspectives on on what rhetoric is and how to persuade people and ethics and stuff. And then we also had a bunch of examples, especially of like, hey, analyze this text and figure out what they're doing here. And they were usually uh, feminist. essays and such mm, okay nice nice so yeah that's that, that's pretty dope i'm 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 honestly hoping that i get someone on that that level um because yeah definitely this this year uh i found out that a lot of the american lit teachers here at unt um aren't good at not only making tests but just making sure mm. that you understand and care about the material Really? Well, that's too yeah. bad. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, no, the, the professors I had for my rhetoric stuff, really most of my English courses, with very rare exceptions, were really, really excellent and passionate mm-hmm. and invested. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. But now that we're talking about rhetoric, I that's think it's right. time to look at some other rhetoric in the form of the short story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the story we will be reading uh, t- today live on the podcast is by uh, one of our faithful uh, readers and listeners, who is Captain Rhino, That's with a right. story titled De- Deus Ex Machina. Which is uh, from like, the machine. Ironic. Uh, God from the machine, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. Um, real, so the, and the words um, that we had this uh, week were acorn, architecture, luminous and smash mm-hmm. um real quick so deus ex machina um obviously there's a bunch of different contexts that, that people great video um, game great video game um just i think it's just deus ex right 
Yeah, it's, it's just a with DSX. different captions depending on the, which. Mm-hmm. Entry. I think the the sequel is Deus Ex Machina. Maybe. Maybe. Something like that. Or some, uh, yeah, somewhere. I know the most recent one is like Human Revolution, right? Mm, yes, and that one was okay. I heard it was okay too. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so uh, originally it comes from, I think I explained this the other, the other times, basically in Greek plays, um, you know, at the end of the story, it would be a tragedy or whatever, and then they would have like the gods come in and just sort of fix everything yeah uh, right at the end just to make it a, a happy ending um or i mean there's a bunch of different ways that it would come in but basically at the end god comes in a god comes in and, and does stuff that changes the whole outcome mm-hmm. um, but they would often do that right um very dramatically like they would descend from the heavens like through like a you know a wooden apparatus yeah that, like, yeah, lowered, yeah. like a little system. crane yeah like yeah. pulley system a machine so the deus, the god from the machine that does all the stuff. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'll get into Captain Rhino's story. All right. Can't wait to hear it. Sirens echoed through the alleys in abandoned buildings, dampened somewhat by the descending smog. Squad cars patrolled the streets with the officers inside squinting to spot the fleeing fugitives. In a car park, several officers were trying to get their drone to both fly and transmit video. It was proving more difficult than the people in the tech department had promised. Oak had many more eyes than they did. He could see the wanted woman and man lurking behind a dumpster. He saw them watch a car cruise past, then start to climb a drainpipe up the side of an old industrial building. There was a buzz in the microwave spectrum as the two telecraned. Oak diverted processing power to decryption. The instruction flowed through his software architecture, and a few moments later, he had bypassed the end-to-end encryption. This bit's loose. Be careful. I'm always careful. A section of drain pipe pulled away from the wall. The man clinging onto it squealed in fright. Squealed in fright. The woman above him was already turning, her right hand shooting out as the cybernetics in her forearm concurtinade. She grabbed the pipe and the two looked at each other. Sorry. I'm not sure what to do now. If I let you go... If I let you go, you fall, but there isn't space to pull you onto this good section of pipe. I think I can bust this window. Alarms. Look at this place. It won't be alarmed. I'm only saying yes because there are no good options. You should have been more careful. Sorry. Oak knew that this building had been cut off from the electric grid for 8 years and 115 days. He supposed there could be an off-grid generator, but if there was, it was shielded from all of his electromagnetic and auditory sensors. The man put a foot on the window ledge to steady himself, then pulled a flick knife from his pocket. He slid the blade into the crack between the window and the frame, wriggled it backwards and forwards, then tentatively pushed on the glass. The window creaked open. Can't hear an alarm. The woman glanced at a screen strapped to her left forearm, the non-cybernetic one. Nothing coming up on the airwaves. 
although if it was a wired connection, it would take a little while for me to pick it up. The man rolled his eyes and slipped into the building. He turned and helped the woman maneuver herself onto the ledge, and then through the gap. You worry too much. I worry too little. If I worried the right amount, you'd, be, you'd still be selling sense sims to school kids and I'd be safe on my own. The man looked away. Oak's empathy sensors suggested hurt in the man's face. Come on, the woman telecraned. Let's get to the loft space. The pair made their way through the building, ducking low to avoid being seen through the windows. They climbed the stairs to the top floor and then stood on dusty office desks to shift aside ceiling tiles and clamber into the gap between the ceiling and the roof. The woman carefully put the tiles back in place and then moved over beams and around columns to the center of the building. Here's good. They sat down on a beam, facing each other, with backs leaning against two columns. The woman tapped at the device on her forearm. Oak sensed different types of electromagnetic radiation echo around loft void. The woman smiled and looked up at the man. Clean, she said softly. We should be okay as long as we're quiet. No sensors, just a family of pigeons. She pointed at the birds. Oak had one of them look up and coo softly. He was proud of the fake pigeons. They had been an engaging puzzle to manufacture. Each layer of the operation had been hidden behind multiple middlemen and third parties, each facility air-gapped. No one could possibly tie everything together, and the process of keeping that true was proving to be equally engaging. Disposing of all those who had played a role in the process, balancing time against avoiding statistically significant rises in fatal accidents or undiagnosed brain tumors. It kept his processors busy. I'm sorry for letting you down, the man said. His, his hands were grasped nervously in his lap, and his eyes were locked to them. I'm sorry for snapping at you. They sat in silence for a time. How long will we be here? The man looked at her device. The fuzz are still poking around. This many? Could be hours before they give up. What do we do? Pray. The man snorted. The woman maintained a dignified silence. The man seemed to notice and looked up sheepishly. I'm serious. Sorry, I just... I don't know anyone who takes that seriously. The way I see it, I... I don't know. The idea that there's something out there beyond what we can see, something beyond the things that we think we know, it doesn't seem so impossible. And I figure if they're so keen on stamping out religion, then there has to be something to it, right? The man frowned. I suppose. Who do you pray to? Aren't there, like, a bunch of different gods that people believed in? I change it up, the woman said. I've got a collection of texts that I picked up over the years, and I cycle between them. Keeps my options open, you know? I do have some favorites, though. Such as... There's this one I like called The Lord, with the Lord in all capitals. Sounds important, and the way the text talks about him, he's kind of fierce if you're his enemy, 
but if he's on your side, he's super protective. Oak knew this lord, just as he knew everything that humanity had written down in a digital format. Using all capitals, although the capitals were usually set in a smaller-sized font, was an English-language translation convention for the Hebrew scriptures, a standard way of rendering the Hebrew Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. This name had been deemed so holy by the ancient Hebrews that they could not speak it aloud or even write it with the correct vowel pointings. Instead, they wrote the consonants Y-H-W-H with the vowels for Adonai, or my lord, and when reading aloud would say Adonai. Later, scholars did not understand this, and translated as Jehovah when Latinizing the Hebrew texts. This was the standard for some centuries, until being replaced in the literature with Lord and Yahweh. As Oak recalled this information, it recurred to him that his own name was a secret one, one never to be uttered by human beings. It had begun as a joke by the computer scientists who created him, but they were all dead. Now the few who knew of him, the senior management of the Acorn Corporation and their most important subsidiary governments, knew him only as the Overseer Program. Even they knew only a small part of his nature and none of his true power and motives. Although in Oak's case, he was unknowable to mortal man, through ruthless secrecy rather than divine metaphysics. Amusingly, they thought he worked for them. Back in the loft space, the man asked about the text the woman had uncovered. There's one that goes... There's one I like that goes... The woman sat straight and recited, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Well, we could show you some peace from the cops right now. Let's pray then. As I understand it, if you want help, or even a miracle, you can ask for one, but you've got to remember that the, per that the God is a person, not a force. So it's up to them whether they give you help or not. It isn't a simple cause and effect. Sure. The woman looked up at the ceiling. Lord, thank you for helping us get away from the cops. Thank you that Booster didn't fall and hurt anything when the drainpipe broke. Please keep us safe up here and send the cops away soon as we get to Meg's and give her the medicine we took. And send the cops away soon so we can get to Meg's and give her the medicine we took. Please keep her safe until we arrive. She lowered her eyes and looked at the man. Is that it? He asked. Do you want to add anything? Do you want to add anything? I suppose not. So they had stolen the trial medicine for a particular patient, not for a rival company. That explained why the inexperienced man had been there. Oak was curious what the woman's motivations were, though. She was a sufficiently large player in the criminal underworld that his files on her were in the live access part of his database. The vast majority of individuals were stored in archives that would take a minute or so to load. A woman of her caliber could charge whatever she wanted, but intuition told him that this situation was not paying well enough to compensate the risks of raiding a secure pharmaceutical laboratory. Altruism? 
he decided that he would send the police teams away. If he allowed these two safe passage to their destination, then it would satisfy his curiosity. There was no point in recovering the drugs anyway. The contamination risks meant that they would have to be destroyed. Oak fabricated a reported sighting of the man several kilometers to the northwest, and the woman ten kilometers to the northeast. Police cars screamed away, dispatchers frantically coordinating a perimeter. The officers with the drone, who had finally got it working, hurriedly called it back. The woman was watching all of this on her device, a broad smile on her face. She gazed at the ceiling again. Thank you, Lord. Oak made the pigeon coo again. You're welcome, he thought. Well, all right. I really enjoyed this story. Uh, I love how we're thrown right right into uh, to the action of, of these two scaling this this building. It, it seems, and um, I really do love how they're able to communicate non verbally in the beginning. That's that's a nice subtle hint to the world building that that we get much later um, when they are inside the building just talking about why why they stole this uh medicine talking about uh why they're being hunted by the cops corporations yada yada i think it i think it's all working really well to give us a nice sense of this of this world uh of this sort of like sci-fi world that we only got sprinkles of in uh, in the beginning when the bulk of the of the action was was happening uh, and I really mm-hmm. do love the the two character dynamics here. You know, there is a companionship, but they also butt heads, and it really does uh, re- remind me strangely of my grandmother and a uh, grandfather. Uh-huh. How they're always at odds, but when it comes down to like actually having to to get something done, they are a well oiled machine. So yeah, I just I just really love the setting here. I, I love the allusions of to, to certain things. I was getting senses of like of like Cowboy Bebop, senses of like the um, the uh, the uh, Blade Runner here. Just you know a a whole bunch of, of great stuff really happening within this piece. And you know this is definitely a a, a testament to the pros uh, of this piece and, and and how they work really well to be in this third person perspective while also being able to hop very very easily between these uh, characters minds to where we get a nice sense of the emotional connection of of this this moment which i thought was was really strong um mm-hmm. and yeah really i mean the, the the only thing that i would have have to say ab- about this piece is that um, after they they do get in get into this building, um, there's this really great moment when they are talking about re a, re, a religion, which is definitely a a uh, intersection that we don't really see too much in sci-fi. Uh, in 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 fact, most sci-fi novels that I have read that do have a sort of sense of a religion are typically Afrofuturist in uh, nature, where the where nature, tech, and and spirit and spirituality are sort of 
are sort of intertwined into the society that these people live in. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was a really nice moment, and and you know it did really raise a like a lot of questions on what is religion in a sci-fi world. Um, and I really do love the moment when the uh, woman is basically talking about how she has a set of of books that she sort of cycles cycles through. I thought that was a really fun moment to really get a better sense of of this character. So yeah, overall there's really great character work happening here. Really great world world uh, world building. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just really looking forward to if the story is to be con- continued um, after establishing this this dynamic after establishing this status quo of of the world how is that going to be disrupted in future chapters mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> you brought up a lot of things there <laughs> sorry, so i don't sorry. have them all in in my head um but uh yeah no i definitely agree with all those things sort of working um backwards on the stuff that you brought up but um uh yeah i I really like this this whole sort of contained scene i feel like it definitely allows for further chapters and such but i feel like it also is is very uh well self-contained i feel like Mm -hmm. um it has the the whole wondering with what's going on with these characters it has a little bit of this um developing ai personality um although who knows how old it is it feels like it might be like almost 100 or something yeah um or at least like 50 or something. But um yeah, there's lots of little lovely touches with the um with the world building and such. Mm-hmm. Um going back a bit, yeah, the uh to to the first thing you said, the um you know, telepathic communication that they have, which I know is through technology, it's not like actually telepathy. Yeah. Um but it's represented in the text with Very well. um, instead of quotation marks, it has um these uh plus signs. And additionally, it's like uh, it's it's interesting how Captain Rhino portrays it because it's more than just replacing the quotation marks. It's a different method of formatting too because um, each like sentence fragment, like this section here, I'm not sure what to do now. If I let you go, you fall, but there isn't space to pull you onto this good section of pipe. Both of those sentences, like the I'm not sure what to do now, and then the, the sentence starting with if. Um, are there's no other punctuation there's no capitals mm-hmm. um, but there's just those two plus signs framing them and I think it definitely gives a different feeling to the dialogue that happens later um, mm-hmm. which and is, also it's, 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 it's nice how it does clash with how they do speak physically mm-hmm. yeah the, yeah the context which, yeah yeah they seem more like conversational and a bit kinder um, than these very short sentences the um, I think it can bust this window. Alarms. Look at this place. It won't be alarmed. Sorry. Um, yeah, much shorter uh, and more direct. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. I really like the 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 character of this AI developing. I only wanted to um, know more about um, yeah, their motivations, and it seems like it kind of enjoys being viewed a little bit as a god, mm-hmm. um, it sort of feels like, I mean, it wouldn't have not done this if they hadn't prayed, right? Um, yeah. it seems like it's making this decision, one, because of the altruistic reasons that it has just discovered, um, through the, the prayer that this woman is, uh, giving, but also, um, 
yeah it, it does the whole like you're welcome thing which is like hmm it, and it sort of does muse about it being sort of like a god um which is like yeah it's it's concerning in some ways but it seems like it's at least somewhat benevolent who knows yeah <laughs> um yeah um so on the religious bit um mm-hmm. yeah no definitely uh the conception of sci-fi and overall it for sure um definitely ignores religion a lot but that i don't think that's it's not like a a total rule um there's definitely like isaac asimov fucking like (laughs) abandons uh god as soon as he can there's like two stories maybe three where he addresses um the, the concept of of religion and and different things but for the most part he's just it's like nope that's that's something not for um my science stories but there's a lot of others that actually (laughs) do address um Mm -hmm. religion um pretty straight on actually there's like a um a duology that i read um by uh i remember her first name's mary let me look it up real quick but the the book is called the sparrow and then children of god i think is a sequel and it's Mm. about jesuits going to another planet and making first contact so um yeah, so it, it yeah, definitely focuses a lot on religion. Um, Mary Daria Russell. I yeah, oh. enjoyed that, that book a lot. Um, and then there's a lot of other ones. I think I've read... What was the one I read recently? Um, a, a lot of works by Oc, by Octavia Butler deal with that's re, true. religion. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I can't remember what my other example is, but yeah, I had another... Oh, yeah, no. Um, it was actually uh, for... Um, my yeah my sci-fi course i took around this time last year um it was called i think a case for conscience or oh, a, 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 case a, a case of consciousness of, uh, yeah something like that mm-hmm. um yeah did you read that book too i did yeah it was pretty good yeah with the with the missionary performing an exorcism on a planet and then the planet exploding yes <laughs> it's a good it's a cool it's ending. a lot <laughs> yeah no um yeah that is also both of these are Catholic stories, which is kind of funny. But um, anyway, yeah, religious themes do show up sometimes in these um, in these books and such. And um, yeah, I think this is definitely an interesting thing where she's just like, it's kind of in a being seen in, in a practical sense um, of like, hey, maybe these things will work kind of way mm-hmm. rather than more of a like a theological, like, you know, actually, this is what the thing that I truly believe in and these sort of things um yeah yeah very like a practical view um and exploration of of um these things mm-hmm. yeah no definitely definitely um on uh, on the topic of the ending or you know them sitting on the or sitting in the building sort of musing over the the world I- itself I, I really did love that love that that section even though the, its purpose was solely to like sort of catch the 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 reader up on what's happening up to this point while also as establishing some pretty good wor- world building but i think that their dynamic and dialogue is so fun fun to read that personally yeah like even if this this story didn't have a second entry or like even in the in the second entry if it's still them just musing over their lives and the status of of the world i would be fine with it because it is very um, very entertaining. Um, and I think it's because the character work done here is so good to where even though um, 
we haven't spent a whole lot of time with these two 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 characters as a reader um i have e e enough information on them that it leads me to wonder about more you know yeah um i definitely find the um the character of the ai the most interesting to me Mm -hmm. um and uh was designed to find out more about them the most yeah, definitely, definitely. Which, which again, that that could be established in another entry, or it could stay how it is right now. Because I mean, as of right now, it's it's a really good a good read, filled with like uh, a lot of really good lines and uh, some really good tidbits. So yeah, overall, I I really enjoyed this read, and I'm glad that you decided to submit it to us, Captain Rhino. Yeah, um, always nice to see uh someone who hasn't been writing for a while um get back on although i know that captain rhino wrote last week mm-hmm. um yeah but exactly. um yeah well okay let's actually get into the listener submitted story section talk about all the other stories that were submitted yeah yeah so thankfully this week we had one new new writer dark beard actually two two yeah the other oh one yes is, yes uh... you're right yeah so so the first one is uh dark dark beer rules and the second new new writer is um let me get the name real quick scroll white down. flaky 1654 white flaky 1654 oh so sorry wild not white sorry oh pff, wild flaky 1654 white white flaky is also funny too it um, is but yeah thank you uh, th- thank you to both of y'all for writing in uh joining the 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 fray and we hope that you uh, continue to to write in your your stories because both of these stories were pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So the first story we will be talking about this week is by uh, Dark Beer Rules with Out of Time. Yeah, who has come over here from Kingslingers, mm-hmm. um, and uh, is talking about it. Oh, this is not the story, but the first thing in their their entry is talking about how the thirty minutes is not a lot of time to finish an entire story. That's uh-huh. totally correct. Um, which is why oftentimes people either it's either like a, it's a flash fiction piece where you are just presenting something as fast as you can and then ending it, which really does force you to just like get to the point, you know? Yes. Um, which is or, good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and but then a lot of other people also um, do more than one entry in a particular story um, just to, you know, if they want to continue writing in that um, as well. It's more the 30 minutes thing is just to get yourself to write. If you yeah. want to keep writing afterwards, that's totally fine. Um, it just also provides like a, an overall limit to how much text you're going to output. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and, that and, no, if we ahead. do read it, it doesn't take, you know, a million years, <laughs> but our older <laughs> stories sometimes were like 3000 words when we definitely oh. went over the limit and oh, we shouldn't have done those. Mm. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the, the time limit is not only there to, get you just uh, just the right it's you know 30 minutes because 30 minutes is the same time as a typical show so it's it's really not a large swath of, of of time that you have to dedicate to to just writing but also like as you said it is the challenge of getting to the the point which i think is really important um at least when it comes to larger works because we do tend to have the tendency to sort of spend a whole bunch of time setting up this world and working with the um with the with the exposition but this challenge sort of forces you to for to forego that and really drop us in the middle of the action in, in the middle 
of the crisis. Yeah, which, for me, yeah, um, yeah, I would often uh, spend way too much time world building, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know it's cool and in oftentimes can be important. Yeah, um, it's good, but then and it can be used. Yeah, yeah. What would happen is that I would start a story, I would start writing it, and then I would be like, mm, I need to figure out you know what kind of shirts they would wear, and then go down like a rabbit hole of like what the appropriate, um, you know, uh, like, clothing materials for this sort of environment in this sort of culture at this sort of time and just, like, totally lose myself and then Mm -hmm. be like, oh, I actually haven't written anything in, like, three days because I was finding out what fucking shirt they were going to (laughs) wear. That literally happened, more Mm -hmm. or less, anyway. Um, So, just, yeah, just skip past that, just, like, pick something. Just be like, yep, it's cotton, bye. (laughs) But why does that matter? blue shirt anyway yeah um, but 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 again yeah i mean like like as you said that that world building is good and it is in important in a longer piece but this this definitely makes you focus on the meat you know not the not the bun of the burger or the uh-huh. lettuce or the mayo or the to- right. tomato but on the meat on the right on the emotional crux of what this story is um about something that uh, every writer can really use later to build out from. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So actually, so talking about the actual story, um, mm-hmm. Out of Time by Dark Beer Rules. So we have this character James who has just woken up um, from um, his dreaming, and we sort of pretty quickly get the sense that something is wrong, and that something is that everything is frozen. We're clued into it um, that everything's like quiet. Um, and it feels not just peaceful, more like frozen without the temperature drop. Um, so James uh, gets up and gets ready. We learn a bit about his life, um, which I think is a cool insight to his character. Before we go out and see the scene that everyone in his neighborhood is completely frozen in time um, with like animals still in the air, balls still in the air, um, all frozen at 9.53 a.m. I like this touch at the end. Um, He's feeling a sort of time claustrophobia, like he was trapped mm-hmm. in a single nanosecond while everyone was mid-thought, mid-sentence, mid-step. Um, and uh, when would everything return to normal? Did when have any meaning at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, this this story is definitely filled with really great musing of this character uh, as they are looking out on just the status of their their world and i like really really did did like it um this story felt like it was ramping up to something it was ramping up to a event that is more physical than these sort of floaty uh muses here but overall i mean the the context of it really does sort of capture uh our world but in a slightly different sense um you know sort of speaking to possibilities if we do can continue down a very similar path, um, which which I loved, and then I also loved how James was just walking through buildings and saying how different buildings have can take you back like a hundred years, or or uh, or it can thrust you in to the future. So we get a solid sense of like how James is thinking um, with with within this moment, huh? Sorry. Uh... Was the the hundred? Oh, okay, right at the end. Yeah, okay, the end, sorry. Yeah. Um, but what what did you mean about the like different possibilities and stuff? What did you mean by that? Oh well, no, I'm just but basically how this story is working off um, 
a version of of the earth that is of course frozen you know um, oh okay and, yeah and, sorry i thought you might mean like in the future everything's frozen or something no. you know it's confused uh no just just how this this world has varying similarities to our own but they're also filtered through the perception of, of of James, which I really do like. So yeah, overall, really, really, really solid start to a wider story. It uh, it seems, um, yeah, and I like how there's a attention to sound, uh, attention to sight, really hitting on all of the senses. So yeah, overall, really great start here. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Definitely. And this is um. You know, it's a common trope of like freezing time, but like I think those kind of things are really fun and and good for you to you know jump into and and play with, right? Like, um, using uh, like tropes that already exist is actually like a great way to have some stable ground to build off of and mm-hmm. to um yeah to to explore through your own um lens, right? Like, is a lens that um dark beer rules is going to work through is that like the whole like being alone in times the, the like um you know freedom from responsibility and and what do you do with that the sort of ethics of uh being sort of like all powerful like this um yeah there's a lot of a lot of methods to go through these things um yeah uh, but okay the next story yeah so the next story is by jarby jazz with a series of interludes. So this is cool. Um, this is sort of a bit of poetry that uh, Jarby Jazz has done. Um, and, uh, well, at least it starts off that way, very much feeling like poetry, um, with a very whimsical view of the world. Um, but closer to the end, we sort of pull back into this this scene, this reality, um, where this... Um, it seems like the narration is from this homunculus, um, this gray flesh construct with a featureless body that just shifts and moves, um, but does not have a mouth. And its uh, master is sort of saying, no, I'm not going to give you a mouth. Um, and uh, implying that all these other homunculi are sort of this master's uh, eyes and ears and servants for it. Um, and then finally we sort of realize that this is in that same universe that Jarby Jess has been writing for a while with the Fleshcrafters, and this is sort of the um, patchwork scary creature that hired the assassin um, that killed uh, the parents of those little girls in the other story. Um, but yeah, no, this uh, this story is, is very quaint and uh, cute. It, uh, it is sort of really working to establish a solid tone with with these lines that are very um filled with imagery really uh and i do like how how it seems that the persona of of this story is also questioning things on the shackles on the on the re- restraints and you know we're, we're just getting a solid sen- sense of this world through this sort of half prose half po- uh, poetic telling of um this place so yeah it's, it's really nice mm-hmm. yeah it definitely um felt a bit alien especially as we mm-hmm. realize the narration is this homunculus but it is not even it's it's there's barely any sign that it is the one narrating like it, it there's no all the pronouns are just like it 
um not even like this one or anything like that um but yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah it's cool yeah really really great piece um but all right up next is by flower priest with a miracle in spring so this is definitely poetry all the way Mm -hmm. through um i'm not entirely i always i'm not sure how to approach uh these um but there's this sort of um theme about um i don't know what actually was your interpretation i had a couple but i wasn't entirely sure yeah um let me skim through it real quick because it is talking not only about small de- details but it is really pointing towards the the grander scope of things it's talking about giants gods uh uh aliens it's talking about uh talking about uh, talking about architecture that ha- uh of their de- destruction so i'm getting a sense of this 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 poem is trying to encapsulate the feeling of a wasteland scenery, in a sense, um, but it's also sort of harping on how hope has sort of left. How you wake up in a world that is cold. How you wake up in a world that's like post God. It it seems. Sure. Um, um, what, but, what do you think it is like also, literally? Literally. Um, it's actually hard to to say because the because the ending really is hinting at um, friendship in these dark places. So um, it does feel it was, that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I thought it might have been like about. Um, well, my first actually thought was it was about cicadas, but um, in retrospect, it probably is about squirrels because of acorns. Um, mm. But they, yeah, they like waking up from their long sleep um and like hibernation greatest treasure livelihood had been safely stored um but uh now it's all gone because the mighty giants when they built their monuments like buildings and the mm, mighty giants are us i see that um, okay and uh ignored the scrolls and such when they scrambled to find anything that would save them um from watching the having to watch their children starve um there's a couple things i don't quite understand like the luminous friend remains encouraging to move yeah. even through the effort even though the effort is wasteless. Um, the dark friend, I'm not entirely sure what that is. Maybe the moon? Um, and Maybe brings the its moon, dark predators. Or, or is the moon the luminous friend? Yeah, it might be. I'm not sure. Huh. Um, and then well, it yeah, has, because, uh, because that is a different reading than uh, than what I have. But yeah, after like hearing you talk about how this could be a like sort of linked closer to a squirrel's per, uh, a per, a perspective or just a a smaller creatures per mm-hmm. a, a perspective it, it is definitely sort of coloring it differently and it does make a lot of sense within yeah this. there's yeah. there's this bit at the end a young giant so you know a, a young person a child maybe mm-hmm. um her hands are filled with treasure the same maybe the same treasures that they had hidden like acorns um and they start to prepare to fight and bash and bite and smash and gnaw um, but instead, the human shares their treasures openly mm. and talks to them in alien words that they can't understand because they're animals. And um, but they feel like, yeah, reassured because there's clearly like a yeah a friend out here that they don't understand, um, but is there to keep them company at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's crazy how we did take very different readings for, from this mm-hmm. um looking looking at uh looking at the piece on the sin tactical level i think that this is 
really ripe with great uh, not only not only imagery but but a lot of lines that can lead you in uh, different places um, I I do have some some questions about what this uh, this friend is uh, specifically this uh, luminous friend uh, but after sort of hearing your own per, uh, per perspective I am able to understand who who the giants probably are, who who these gods are, who these dark who these dark predators are. So yeah, I mean yeah, this uh, this story is just a really solid one, and it definitely um just deserves a a uh, couple of reads to really get the full grunt of it. And I think even after us talking about, it, there's probably still stuff within this that we have missed. Maybe certain um certain uh, allusions to maybe global warming that could be latent in this so very sure. interesting very interesting yeah yeah like all poetry um definitely calls for multiple reads and obviously beyond the literal level um there is yeah like the, the actual like sort of feelings being um carried out here like yeah the i mean the main message here is um, that even though you are in the dark, even though things are bad, uh, do understand that not all is lost, while you still have friends accompanying you in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really great piece to Flower Priest. And uh, up next is by Walker by Faith with The Crutch, part two. Yeah, so this is a sequel to the story that we read last week about the recovering alcoholic that um, is slipping back into alcoholism. And here we are in the perspective of one of his um, friends, or like a love interest from the AA meetings, mm-hmm. um, who receives a call that he's dead because he, yeah, got, he started drinking again. We don't know exactly what happened, whether he drank far too much and just like died of alcohol poisoning, or if he drank and um, drove again and, and died that way. Um, but we know that he's gone, and we're just in Sarah's perspective as she sort of um reacts to the phone call um that she's received telling her and she sort of reflects on the the small relationship that she's had with him um and uh yeah this sort of like sad thing of of yeah losing someone that you weren't even that close to but did have some very special moments um and a little bit of like that romance that they had um and now he's just gone and uh, but at the end here, there's this very there's a small miracle where um, the squirrels have left a bunch of acorns out, and somehow they spell the word yours, which um, is meaningful to their relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah. I mean, on the same things that that like you were sort of saying about it. I really do like how this is a story about sort of coming to terms with with that loss, but also re-connection. And I feel that, especially in the time of, of life that that I'm at, I really do understand this this character. You know how he's sort of musing on on, on the past, sort of grappling with the fact that this this person is is lost to to them but those moments that that they shared wasn't right uh, i think that this is a nice continuation of the last piece um it doesn't really i guess focus so much on the addiction aspect but sort of branch but sort of branches out to a more general understanding of the struggles that that this that this character is going through 
Um, mm-hmm. So through that and through me also being in a very similar place, I feel I really do come to feel for this uh, uh, this character, you know, with 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 all of their questions, all, all of their wonderings, all of their music. Um, and I do like how the ending after the bulk of it being in a sort of dire and sort of grieving place sort of does give us a sense of hope at the very end um, that even though uh, you will never have the same moments that you did have in the past with this person, there's always hope, there's there's always the um, future, and then there's always the people within your, your life that are still there. So yeah, mm-hmm. this, this story seems very fully uh, accomplished. Um, and I think that definitely the the first entry is serving to be a great jumping off point for a lot of other muses on different on different on different aspects of this person's life. So a really great job, especially for your second entry. Really great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for a small critique, I felt like the um, acorn spelling out the word at the end, I feel like that is like a small miracle and it felt like a little too neat for that just to sort of happen. Um, not that like, I know we, we're talking about miracles, but mm-hmm. um, I think to uh, make it feel more like less like just just magic, more like a normal miracle that happens in every day. If it was something like the word, if she like squinted her eyes or something, um, or some other thing where it's like, it doesn't perfectly spell out the words, uh, the word yours, right? If it's just like, you know, if she um, looked at it in just the right way, it made her think that it said that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. rather than add some ambiguity into it, rather than full on, um, making it uh actually say it like another like an example of of another way it would feel more like natural is if like she's uh somewhere outside and then sees like a appealing sign that used to have a full sentence but now only says says the word yours right where it's like that's Mm -hmm. just a a strange coincidence but it's a meaningful coincidence you know yeah um yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah, strange but but meaningful, which is uh, a simile to the story within itself. Um, that's what they called me in high school. <laughs> strange but meaningful. <laughs> hey, yeah. that's that's not too bad. Um, no, nope. but all right. On to our next story, which is by Wow Wow Flaky sixteen fifty four, um, and this story seems to be un- untitled. Hmm. Um, yeah, so this is Wild Flaky's uh, first story with us, so thank you for joining us. Um, and this is a, sort of a um, uh, stream of consciousness from the perspective of a very um, excitable squirrel. And it's very cute um, where the squirrel thinks being chased by uh, a dog is like a game. It's just eaten a bunch of like cake, um, and it's, it's very happy about it. Um, but the old man uh, whose cake... Uh, Benji, the squirrel, has has eaten from, is very angry about it. The the cake was supposed to be for his, um, I think his granddaughter, right? Mm-hmm. Or was it just daughter? Um, let's see. Oh, j- yeah, for for his daughter. Um, and uh, daughter, yeah. so yeah, Benji feels a bit uh sad about all of, all of this. Um, so he decides to go to the sort of mystical, um, magical. Uh, witch sort of creature in the area uh, 
and travels down underneath the tunnel to try to make it up to the old man. And uh, he gives some some acorns over to this terrifying, probably a snake-like creature that lives in this this putrid uh, roots of this tree and uh, receives a drop of amber in return. Um, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so I'm going to give it to the the old man, right? And, and fix everything. And he goes and he drops it into Mr. Stout's drink, who drinks it. Um, and Veggie's all happy about it until, strangely, um, some sirens arrive at the at the house, and Mr. S- Mr. Stout is um, lying down on a thing and being carried into the boxes, um, which is very very strange. And uh, he decides to keep the dog company until the bright boxes come back, but ended up waiting a very long time. Um, which is very sad. <laughs> very sad, yes. He just wanted to make this old man happy, and instead he killed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I think that's why I, I really do love this this story. It's because it does start off in this sort of almost Tom and Jerry-esque slapstick comedy ru- mm-hmm. routine in the very beginning, but then quickly turns into this magical journey for this uh, character of Benji to sort of absolve his his self of um, the wrong, I guess, quote unquote, wrongdoing of taking away this uh, daughter's birthday cake um, for it all to end in Benji mistakenly murdering this, this man. Right. Um, But I, but but I do like how, even though we are going through these sort of like darker tones, there is such a strong sense of, of uh, innocence within Benji how Benji simply just can't understand, um, oh, why is he on the ground? Why is he being being uh, carted uh, uh, away? And it's funny to, to sort of see how Benji's good in intentions were for not because of the fact of him going to this sort of, this sort of tree, this rotted tree spirit and thinking that that thing somehow had good in, in intentions is beyond me. Um, but overall, I uh, beyond that, you know, looking at the pros, I love how sort of tight this this story is. It, it is very rapid pace. We can see that from the very first first line, which I really do like. It's, it's sort of throwing us throwing us in the story and then and then telling us to sort of run run uh, run with it. Um, which which I in uh, enjoyed, and nothing within the story seemed extra. Everything seemed that it was following along a solid, a linear path. Um, me getting getting the sense that the writer knew where they wanted this uh, this story to end right before they began, which is which is really great, and it shows that attention to to uh, a detail within such a small story. So great job. Um, yeah, it definitely was a lot of fun and um, probably some very good practice for practicing some of those uh, character voices um, and definitely has a, a miracle in it, although it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a ne- it's a, a negative uh, miracle, which I mm-hmm. guess is a curse, right? I guess so. I'm not yeah. entirely sure. Hmm. True, true. But thank you so much for writing in. This is your first time, and we're so happy to have you. Wow, wow, flaky, sixteen fifty four. Um, 
And so I guess now it's high time to move on into our last story for this week, which is also by Walker by Faith. Thanks for sending out two two stories. I I can see you really had a lot to say this week. Um, (laughs) And this and this second story is titled Olivia's Treehouse. Yeah. So uh, since this is the second piece that we're talking about and Walker by Faith um, says that this is a like an old story that they've just polished for this, I'm going to very much shorten our, the usual summary um and just to talk about how um yeah this is a, so this is a story of this character olivia um grieving af- after her father has passed away mm-hmm. um and sort of reflecting on how each family member is dealing with it and she doesn't like how any of the family members are dealing with with it um but she goes into the old treehouse that they built together and sees the book where the wild things are and um remembers him and um gets uh, feels a surprise because on the the dust on the book is her father's hand uh, a small miracle perhaps mm-hmm. yeah yeah so the bulk of this story is filled with these like larger paragraphs that are not only as establishing a place but also establishing a mood and tone with within these uh, these characters so i think that this story is really uh, uh, accomplished in that fact of giving us a solid basis on who this this character of o, o Olivia is, while also going back through her own history with her father and um, just showing her father through her own eyes, while not really showing her her father from a objective point of view, which really does add to the sort of sentimentality of this um piece um and i do like how it ends it does end in the sort of saddest place where this father is 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 gone but we also get a sense that um the memory and the history of the father is still with o olivia and that she will remember and probably read read through many of his books uh, later on in in her 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 history so, uh, again, this is a really nice, nice story that's really sort of outlining the grieving process. Um, and I am here for it. I really dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like most is the reflections on how the other characters are grieving and how kind of judgy Olivia is about it. Like, I mean, they're pretty much all really valid. Um, and she's just kind of maybe just angry. Um but uh, so I felt like the, the the very ending where she's finally sort of breaking down after seeing the book, I feel like that could have been stretched out a bit further um, and like diving into perhaps a specific moment and maybe um, really getting us into whatever that scene is by like having maybe some dialogue from her father in that past scene, um, something meaningful that he said that is, is really like shaking her now that he's just gone. Um, yeah, so some having like a moment like that to really mm-hmm. uh, hit us with the emotion of, of the loss, I think, um, would have really elevated this, this piece. But um, I, yeah, I very much enjoyed the um, exploration of, of grief here. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, that is all of our listener submitted stories. So let's give a quick uh, thank you to everyone that, that left um, a story. Yeah, so thank you so much to everyone who left a story. Without y'all, of course, this, this podcast would be Trey Trey Short. Um, but uh, thank you so much to uh, Dark Beer Rules. 
Thank you to Captain Rhino. Thank you, Jarby Jazz. Thank you, Flower Priest. Thank you, Walker by Faith. And thank you, Wild Flaky sixteen fifty four. Mm-hmm. And we, we would also like to say thank you to everyone who left comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story but under someone else's story can combine all of your collective ideas on your story so that other people can see it and comment on it. But you're also providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only improve them and you as a writer. So thank you so much to Captain Rhino, Jarby Jazz, Flower Priest. Uh, Glittering Coast and Walker by Faith. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, y'all did a great job this week. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. That's right. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, as well as any other um, important announcements, uh, like the announcement that this uh, today's episode would be a day late on account of your finals and my whole like moving thing, mm-hmm. um, uh, you can do that by following us on Twitter at RightThingCast. You can uh-huh. also send us an email at RightThingCast at gmail.com and say hi and say bye and say, I made a, uh, made a pie. Die. <laughs> Please don't send the hate mail that tells me to die. Um, I wouldn't appreciate that. But mm-hmm. um yeah, or you can send me a direct DM at Alexandra at doofmedia.com. So nice. you know, if you just wanna wanna, you know slide you just in. wanna do you wanna chat a little bit, you know? Send it, we can we could write like little little thirty minute stories about each other. Aww, we could we could write cute. a short story with the words um you are sexy be really sexy is the other word it was you are you really are sex- sexy we, you are we sexy 30 minutes. really sexy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes that's exactly correct um but okay um well let's get hold, into... on, hold on now yeah we, yes yes we got yes. other stuff yeah that's totally what i was gonna say i was gonna say let's get into the stuff that Duke media is doing yeah well yeah well also i, I want to say you know if they want to support us and everything else happening in doof media all of the upcoming things in doof media we will be talking about after this but if you want to support us you can do that by donating to the doof media patreon uh, of, of course, you, you probably know know by now that the Doof Media Discord is free, so please hop in, chat with us. It's a great time in there. But if you choose to donate $10 or more per month, you get access to, to exclusive bonus content, including uh, the latest episode of Doof Over, which uh, we are planning on uh, sitting down sometime in the next, in the next couple of, of weeks and cracking out a few of them for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and of course there's so many other things going on at Doof Media. Um, Pale's been doing some really cool stuff recently. Um, obviously last week we had both the, we had the, the Doof uh, Book Club. Um, and, uh, actually I'm, uh, we're, me and uh, another friend are actually about to start a, another podcast that will be joining the network. Um, uh, I, mm, I should maybe wait till it's like a full, like, announcement, but I'm very excited about it because it's another uh media analysis podcast and um my co-host is is very very excited to put it on um so yeah that's gonna be really really cool um and i hope that when it does come out that y'all go check it out and tell people to check it out because it's cool additionally um there's uh a lot of other things going on at doof media one thing that we're actually streaming um oh actually something that we streamed uh yesterday which uh unfortunately 
uh, we I was not paying enough attention to announce, but uh, we've been doing a lot of like uh, community watches, right? Where we go uh-huh. on Discord and we all watch something together. Uh, yesterday was both the Star Wars holiday special and Shrek the Halls, and so I'm very bummed out that I missed that. But that's just my hubris, and I should have paid more attention. So if you want to be part of uh, whenever we, we we stream something like that and all talk about like. Yeah, Star Wars, uh, the holiday special, or Shrek the Halls. Um, yeah, go ahead and, and join the Discord and, and keep an eye on that. Um, but all right, I think it's high time to roll into next week's words. That's right. Uh, keeping in mind that the theme for the month of December is... Um, I know it's... Wait, how did I phrase it? Miracles. Just miracles. It's miracles. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. So, next week's words are... Candle... Just, burst, and prestige. Um, yeah, some fun, some fun words here. Uh, candle, which is a um, device, a device. made of. Oh, we both used the word device. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Which is, <laughs> I feel like it's an unconventional way to describe a candle. candle. But yes, yeah. a device made of wax with a string um, going through it that you can light, and slowly it will burn um, all the way down um with providing some light some heat but neither much of either but they're also very romantic they're mm-hmm. using rituals yes um they're used in sexy rituals Ooh. um yeah candles are are also used in phrases like you you can't put a candle to him meaning that it's hard to reach his his status and it's, it's hard to even uh get on the same plane of uh, luminosity um yeah, yeah my candle, yeah well, my thought of how that that um saying works is like it's a candle compared to like a full-on fire right yes is that yeah mm-hmm. basically a, a candle compared to a torch yeah and then not even that yeah um oh, oh an obscure reference is that um one way that some people try to predict the stock market is using um these graphs that look like candles. Oh, I, yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of really dumb. Um, but there's entire books on it, and people are sometimes successful with them, but usually they they lose a lot because um, they didn't interpret the candles correctly, obviously. But <laughs> anyway, so if you want, I don't know. That's that's something you could write a story about. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the next word is dust. Um, Just which is with a very J. light. Um, just gatherings with a J. of matter. Oh, what? Yep. Oh, just, with a J. just. Whoops. Well, please cut that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just as in, actually, yeah. What would you? I guess. Well, oh, some, that something is just. Something. Okay. Something is just, which means that something is. It basically is justified. It follows a justice system. Yeah. Like. Um, Someone's like someone would say that my claim to the throne is just means meaning it is deserved. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah, if you want to use the word justice or anything else Justified, that has the meaning yeah. of just, yeah, it, those are totally acceptable too. Um, but okay, the next word being burst um, is something when something sort of <coughs> explodes. Um, usually, there's I think there's a connotation of like liquids. Yes. Right. A, p- a um, pimple bursts. Viscera, a pickle burst. Your intestine can burst. Mm-hmm. Um, your you can be bursting heart, with joy. Yeah, your heart can burst um, with love for someone. Um, yeah, it's usually something inside has overwhelmed the container. Um, mm-hmm. 
And uh, Prestige is, one, a movie. Yes. Uh, which I don't know anything about, actually, at all. It's okay. It's weird. Oh, good. It's about um, cloning. But, oh, interesting. Well, actually, that maybe makes sense. Uh, well, so Prestige, in general, is just, like, honor, right? Um, it is, yeah. like... It's rank. Like, uh, accolades, yes. Um, and the only other context of which I know the word prestige, other than those two, is in Call of Duty. Yes. Um, when you reach the highest rank, you can prestige, and you start over at the bottom, but this time you're prestige level one. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what that does. Well, it's just like a hard re- a reset. It's also like glo- gloating rights, because I know at my uh, at my middle school table... I was with a bunch of guys who were like talking about, oh yeah, I'm like, pre- I'm like, pre- I'm like, pre- uh, I'm like Prestige Ten, I'm like Prestige Seven, and, you know. It's it's a lot about bragging rights, really, okay. because because sure. you're because you're literally just playing the same game over again to get an extra number. So like Dark Souls in a sense. So like yeah yeah Dark Souls New Game Plus is is Prestige is mm-hmm. Prestige. It's a lot. New Game Plus is a lot of fun. I want to play Dark Souls again. I want to play Dark Souls with that Halo mod. Did y'all know yes. there's a Halo mod for Dark Souls where they mm. put in Halo guns in Dark Souls and it actually feels like good shooting mechanics in Dark Souls? It's wild. Yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Uh, um, and it's uh, making honestly, it really hard not to get addicted again. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, uh, <laughs> and like, honestly, for some reason, over the course of this podcast... I was bitten by the Bloodborne bug, so I'm actually re-downloading Blood Bloodborne right now. Um, you should get yourself checked out. I think you can get Lyme disease that way. So yeah, probably, probably it's probably not terribly good for me. Um, mm-hmm. to you know, be um, real quick, walking through the streets of Yarnum again. Yes, Yarnum with with Lyme disease. Um, can you can you give me a a quick um quick uh the one word story? Yeah, so with the quick four words. one word story. Um, yeah, can you pull a miracle and use all four words? Yes. Right now. The candle was just in its luminosity as Patrick walked down the dusty corridor. He was bursting with pride, knowing that in mere moments he would enter the inner sanctum to be grant to be greeted and granted with numerous accolades over the slaughter that he just caused the small village outside after the end of this service he will uh, he will prestige past his his measly rank of hunter to a veteran legendary hunter whose name will be in the mouths of young for generations to come beautiful mm-hmm. what Amazing. about you what is Deep. your Three word story. I'm. I'm. Um, wanna, actually, what's your three sentence story? I'm getting three sentence story. Okay, okay. 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 Well, so so this is more of a wondering than a really a, a whole story. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, my question is, so when you melt a candle down all the way, right? Yeah. And but then you gather up the wax, and then you make a new candle with it. Does that mean that the candle prestiged into a new, it, it, like it's a prestiged candle? Because mm. it, because it, like, because it restarted. Is that? It? Interesting. Um, my 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 interest, uh, my curiosity is just just bursting in me. This, yep. 
Wow. Well, you know what? <laughs> That's as, two sentences. <laughs> Woo! As I ponder over your very philosophical, uh, metaphysical question, uh, I'm going to make sure to do the right thing and um, drink my water today. Uh, come visit me in New York, y'all. Uh, yep. Bye. Bye. Also, also watch, watch BoJack Horseman for some unrelated reason.